This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get to our opening drive. It's time for the opening, the, the, the opening drive. All right, Dan. So obviously 27-11, you alluded to the fact that Bears are still <laughs> unbeaten. I don't know what that means because you can uh, look at some of the, the issues. But uh, when you look at it from a general perspective, another encouraging night for Matt Eberflus and crew. I don't know how you how you look at it any other way right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, we could rename this podcast Take the West right now because they've gone through the Chiefs and the AFC West and now the Seahawks and the NFC West, and so maybe they can make their way back to the North here soon and, and start adding those skins to the wall. But I just think that, that there is, through two preseason games, and again, we're going to step back in a minute or two and and put this all in the proper perspective, but there's a level of organization. There's a level of cohesion. There's a level of buy-in that's obvious, right? It's, it's, it's obvious to the naked eye right now. And the bears are passing the eye test with how uh, smoothly they're playing with how few ridiculous errors they're making, right? I think the Seahawks had more than a few of those that just can't happen moments, right? That the bears didn't have. Right. And so that's a step in the right direction. Now, again, Anybody who means anything to this team didn't play more than 15, 16 snaps on Thursday night. And so you have to keep that in perspective and understand that these are twos and threes and sometimes fours who are going to be on the street in a couple of weeks that are playing on our television sets right now. But certainly if you're looking to, to see the identity that Matt Eberflus is attempting to create and the standard that this team is looking to set, I think you're getting glimpses of that. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting part about it for me. And I don't want to be football gullible. You know, you don't want to just buy in because of certain things that you see, that you like, that identify with your football sensibilities uh, without realizing the <laughs> picture. They don't have a lot of talent on this right. roster. It's still talent deficient enough to where some people, we talked to Joe Fortenbaugh, you know, the Daily Wager on ESPN today. He, he's, he bets on football for a living. And he talk, thought the Bears might be the worst team in the National Football League. Now, I don't agree with that, but I'm just using that as an example. We know they don't have talent. But again, last night, Dan, I saw evidence of coaching. You, you right. referenced the penalties and you referenced the, the, the things getting in and out of a huddle. I like the fact that I can watch this defense already. Yeah. Signs that they're listening and they're buying in to a concept that is easy to make fun of for a lot of people. The hits principle is, is corny, old fashioned and all that. But you know what? 
These guys are buying in, and it's obvious two games into this preseason. Well, David, you lived the Lovey Smith era uh, up close, all right? And, and you remember what it looked like when those defenses were flying around and how infectious that mentality became once results started to come with it, right? And so when you start to make a couple plays, when you start to take the ball away here or there, when you start to have these hits that change drives, that change games, all of a sudden that buy-in goes to another level. And now again, eventually you're going to have to get talent, right? Dan Orlovsky was doing color for ESPN on the broadcast and made it very very clear that uh, the Detroit Lions that didn't win a game in the regular season went 4-0 in the preseason, right? And so you have to be able to separate those two things and say, look, that things may look a certain way in August. By the time you start playing real teams in real games, they can look a lot different. But again, the standard, right? And, and the things that you're trying to establish, we could sit here for the next 25 weeks and belabor the point that the Bears don't have talent to win 10 games this year. It would get old. The baby stepping process and the bridge building process for this team is to establish a culture and establish an identity while they are wait for that additional talent to arrive. And right now, in the month of August, through training camp, through these two preseason games, steps in the right direction. Before we get too specific in terms of the details about Justin Fields night and some of the other things that stood out, we're giving away our game balls. Generally speaking, I, I, and I, I know I may be in a minority here because I know the way the NFL works with the preseason I would like to see more from the offense in terms of just repetitions. I would like to see them use the third preseason game after last night. We only saw nine plays for the first offense. You know, take an opportunity to get better and get more cohesive, and I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't think they have announced anything yet, Dan, but I, for one, I understand the risk of injury, but it exists for all 32 teams, and there's different approaches by experienced coaches as well that view that preseason games as an opportunity to get experience for guys who need it. David, I'm really hoping to get more clarity on this topic soon because I think it's important to figure out where the Bears are headed uh, before they get to the regular season. I think there are a lot of teams around the league that say put all of your meaningful players in bubble wrap and don't let them get hurt and just, you know, row the boat until you get to week one and and take your your cautious route there. I truly believe that Matt Eberflus wants to lean in the direction of, of playing his ones to get more of this identity established, to get more of this repetition in there. Look, you've got an offensive line that needs to come together and build bonds in there. You have a quarterback that needs to see more things and get, uh, you know, Luke Getze said it last week, and we played some of it on the podcast here, that, that Justin needs to uh, gain pocket presence, right, and understand what is needed up there to vacate the pocket, when you should climb the pocket, when you should slide around and make throws. The only way you get those things is with experience. So, yes, you want to be cautious, and you make want to make sure that you keep him out of harm's way, but you want to get him those looks. And so I, I am of the belief that the Bears, particularly with the longer week now and the chance to treat this like a regular season week where they can go through their their normal practice schedule, right? It's a Saturday game, but, you know, on, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they'll go through their, their normal practice schedule. They'll do some game planning and treat this like the old third preseason game used to be treated. It's still the third preseason game, but now it's the last preseason game, and so it's confused a lot of things in people's heads on just exactly where they should be. Again, remember... They play Saturday in Cleveland, and there's 15 days before they, they take the field. So there is time to get guys healed up. There is time to to be a little bit more cautious after that. I am with you that I think they should lean in the direction of playing guys. Let's see where Matt takes this thing. How much of what happened last night in terms of progress by the Bears and some of the young players has to be weighed 
against or in the context of the fact it was the Seahawks and they kind of stink. <laughs> and I can understand why people would come away from that thinking that looks like one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it's the Seahawks and, and Drew Locke is out with COVID and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett play three snaps apiece and Geno Smith is running around. And so it is, you know, you have to keep that as part of the context you, you, you lend to things. But you had to stay up until the final seconds of the third quarter to see the Seahawks score for the first time. And that score was a field goal that snapped a streak of 17 consecutive possessions by the Bears defense in which they did not allow a point. Right. And so you say, I don't care who's on the field. That's pretty good. If you can go 17 straight possessions dating back to the Chiefs game without giving up a single point. Now, listen, again, that's against Shane Bouchelle and Dustin Crum and Geno uh, Smith and, and, and Jacob Eason. Right. And so now you have uh, that context there. But I, I, I do think, again, that there's there's just a, a level of effort a level of intensity, a level of not making stupid mistakes that's showing up in a way that's producing quality results. And now you hope that the starters can do those same things um, when you get into it. I, you know, look, I, you know, if we're going to fully contextualize this, you say, okay, folks, remember the 72-yard touchdown drive that Patrick Mahomes led, right? That was the only time that you saw a actual first unit offense on the field this preseason, and they went right down the field and scored. Remember that Justin Fields and his first unit offense has been on the field for four possessions now and scored three points. I don't know if you're getting anywhere in the NFL if you average 0.75 points per possession. So again, all of this is context, but I think you, me, and most of the Chicago Bears fan base feels encouraged by the brand of football that has at least been put out there for the last Right. I mean, Dan Orlovsky's right. The records in the preseason mean nothing, but I think that when you are a Bears fan and a longtime Bears observer, you understand progress and buy-in when you see it because, frankly, we haven't seen enough of it over the years. And you know when teams are are not responding to the coaches or may have tuned things out or just not a good mix. And, and I, I think so far, two games in, you can feel – pretty good about at least the direction this team is headed and, and the grip that Matt Aberflus has on uh, his defense, his offense, and the entire operation.